What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Reacts. I'm Jude, that's Ethan, and today we're going to be diving in to Brian Windhorst's in-depth piece on the potential two paths for Victor Wembanyama, or the potential way to look at projecting his uh, you know, his future in the NBA, because obviously, whenever it comes to talking about him right now, Ethan, wherever it is, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's in articles, or it's on TV, everybody has to say that he's the, you know, the most generational prospect since LeBron James, potentially the best pro uh, pro uh, prospect ever. I don't know why I couldn't say prospect. I almost said project. Um, it's kind of a little bit of both. But I think Brian Windhorst does a really good job in this piece of kind of setting the stage of like, okay, not necessarily floor ceiling, but, but similar to that. Like, okay, here's if everything works out, how it could potentially look. Here's, you know, some other pointers of kind of to take you back down to base reality, which is why it's literally called fantasy or reality is Wemby next. That's the name of the article. So here we go right here. I love all the Spurs art. I got to say the Fiesta colors. This is probably the first time that uh, <laughs> the ESPN has put this much thought into, you know, Spurs type branding yeah. in a while. <laughs> um, but this is kind of how it's framed. So you can look at the article. I'm going to scroll through this a little bit here, but you can look at the article in two ways. You see here on the bottom, there's the fantastic and then there's the realistic. So the fantastic side, Victor Wembanyama is unbelievably tall. If you go to realistic, the you know the the description changes on all these things. So, anyways, Ethan, do you have a preference on what we start at, or do you just want to kind of go to each one and start with one and then move to the other and kind of go one by one with the categories? Let's do that one. Let's do the one by one. Yeah, I like that too. But this is the same to start off. So we'll read this to to jump into it. Victor Wembanyama, a 19-year-old, seven-foot-five phenom, asterisk. He said. Without shoes, he's seven foot three, so he might really be seven four. But everybody refers to him that way, so maybe maybe he's underestimating himself. Ethan from France is expected to be selected number one overall by the San Antonio Spurs at the 2023 NBA Draft on Thursday. If you haven't per heard, pretty much every NBA insider expects him to be expects him to be an instant superstar. And the interesting thing is, is, it still says that even on the realistic part. But I guess nothing changes up there anyway, so it doesn't really matter too much. His talent is undeniable, bordering on otherworldly. But his physique and international experience have made some wonder out loud how he'll transition to the NBA. To give fans a chance to explore both sides of the hype, we present an interactive experience with two sides, fantastic and realistic. Written by senior NBA writer Brian Winhorst, the fantastic side explores what Wembenyama could live up to the dreams of Spurs fans undoubtedly have for him. The realistic side gives a more down-to-earth view of what to expect when he suits up in an NBA uniform for the first time. So let's let's jump into the height, Ethan. I know I've been talking a lot, so I'm going to read this, and I'm just going to give give the floor to you for a little bit. But Victor Wembanyama is unbelievably tall. With his 7'5", 230-pound dimensions, which allow for quickness, Wembanyama can do something revolutionary for the modern game. He can defend the rim and the three-point line at the same time thanks to his 8-foot wingspan. This may sound impossible. That is what players in the French LNB Pro A League thought until they saw him get out to block a corner three after denying a drive to the rim on the same play. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You want me to go? Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, and I kind of immediately see where the reality part is going to kick in. You know, just face value, obviously having an eight-foot wingspan being seven-foot-five. If this was a video game where you could turn injuries off, like right. it's – Obviously, this is the, the perfect combination that's impossible to stop. 
and it make he's makes it impossible for the other team to get off as well. But I can see where the reality is coming in, where we've seen builds similar, where they're kind of slender, very tall, very skilled, very agile, and things haven't worked out with injury, knees, uh, ankles, these sort of things. Like I, Ralph Sampson is who I think of, who he's often compared to, even as recently as Chris Stapps Porzingis. But at the same time, things worked out immensely for another comparison that he's made to, which is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, and Hakeem Olajuwon. I know he's not quite as tall, um, or you mean he's big? Akeem Olajuwon? How, how tall was Akeem? Like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, That's what I was... Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying Wemby wasn't as tall as Akeem. No, Hakeem. Okay, kind of my tall. bad, my bad. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's basically all I was saying. Like, I can, I can see where this is going. Well, let's see where it's going, Ethan. Victor Wembenyama is unbelievably tall. There are absolutely going to be times when Wembenyama goes viral because a stronger player gets him off balance and makes him look bad. Kenny Lofton, example number one. He has a high center of gravity, and it will naturally... I don't know if I agree with this. I mean, I, I do. I do. No, I do. The more I think about it, because it's, he has a higher... Well, let me read it. He has a high center of gravity, and it will naturally be easy for 6 to 8, 6 8 to 6 10 power forwards to use their shoulders and move him. I'm thinking Jairus Walker. That was the first thing that popped into my head. I know he's a draft prospect, but I just think of his frame, and I'm like, yeah, I can see how he could do that. Um, but he will win more battles than he loses because his long arms and enormous hands will cover ground that opponents simply can't. And, you know, this is something that he talked about, and I believe on the Hoop Collective, like right after um, the draft lottery. And, and, and the more I watched the playoffs in the NBA app, Ethan, the more that that just rang true to me. He is going to get pushed around a little bit. It's inevitable, like they just said, because of his frame. Um, it's not like he's, uh, while he is super skinny, he's still 230 pounds. I know, yeah. obviously, the frame, you know, makes that look skinnier, but he's also not like super, super light. It's not like he's not eating. Y you know what I mean? Um, but I also, when I watched just throughout the playoffs, I saw that more and more, where he does get pushed around a little bit, but his wingspan, sometimes even when he gets like a, somebody puts a shoulder into him, he's still able to block the shot because his arms are so long. That's yeah. not going to happen on every possession, but it's like, OK, that's a more realistic way to look at it, because some people are like, no, he's not going to get pushed around. That's just all hype. You know, that's all just, you know, trying to hate on him. And it's like, that's not the case either. But even with that, you know, being the case, his wingspan is still there. So it's not like it's also going to be this giant detriment either. For sure, for sure. It, it, it's like it's like it's the realistic side of it, Ethan. Yes, <laughs> that's why I really this article was just like I feel like it's just perfect for like internet takes, if you will. <laughs> I mean, it is the best best of both worlds. I feel like every Twitter account is either, like you said, basically making him the yeah the prodigy to be like the next LeBron, or they're saying he's the next greatest bust of all time. So. Right. So here, here's a good middle ground, right, yeah, from, from yeah. Brian Windhorse. And it's like it's they were probably planning on dropping this. He, he's probably been working on this for a while. Because sure. just with the prospect like this, like you kind of need something like this to, to, you know, see both sides of it. So let's talk about he could get even bigger. Wembenyama's height is listed at only 7'3 on some rosters because European players are generally measured without shoes. This is actually a really interesting point. He's, he's kind of he's kind of clowning me right now uh, <laughs> from earlier. Uh, but those closest to him say he's already 7'4 barefoot, 7'5 when measured, measured in shoes, which would have made Wembenyama the tallest player in the NBA this past season, just ahead of Boban Marjanovic. He's a scary, here's a scary fact for the other 29 teams in the NBA. 
Wembenyama may continue to get taller and will naturally put on more weight to his frame with age. Now, I'm going to wait on this one, Ethan, because I think w- earlier when you asked to wait, it's probably better to read both so we can mm-hmm. you know, talk about all of it. Um, so let's, let's see the flip side of this. Wembenyama has no interest in the howls that he must pack on pounds. When he hears someone says he needs to bulk up, he thinks some players need to skinny up. He will add weight and his body will fill out as he gets into his 20s, but he's not in a hurry. He and his trainers and agents believe adding weight for the sake of adding will only make him more likely to get hurt. Really, that's kind of one where it's I mean, I I don't know about the, the I don't know about this. I think I don't think he means like he actually said that people need to skinny up. I think he's just saying that's kind of more his mentality when it comes to this, like when he's talking about the the agents and, and the trainers and stuff. And that ties into the video we made uh, for how many games he'll play this season. I mean, they don't all the preparation and everything they've done has been very deliberate and planned out because of his frame. They understand that it's an you know, it's an injury prone frame. So for someone with his talent, I mean, it's just, they've been planning all this stuff since he's been like 11 or 12, Ethan, tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) He's going to get taller. He's going to put on some more muscle. I don't think he needs to get big like Shaquille O'Neal, you know, as difficult as it might be for him to guard some of the thicker fours and fives in the league. I, it will be equally as difficult for them to stop him with his current slender build because of the incredible skill set that he has along the perimeter, being able to handle the ball the way he does. And he's going to get fouls. Like NBA is going to make sure that nobody roughs him up too much. Mm -hmm. Like he will get, he will get foul calls. He will get to the free throw line. Um, So for for the time being, I'm not too worried about it. If he if he puts on another four inches of height and, you know, gets (laughs) even slimmer, then we can have a conversation about, right. okay, this is getting worrisome. But for now, I mean, what, he gained an inch? Okay. Like, I, I'm not, right. I'm, not right. real, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. It, it is interesting, though, because I forget that he's 19. And it's like, you know, we've heard yeah. the rumors about Jeremy Sohan growing. We just mentioned that in the last video we made. And it's like, wow, he really could. He really could get bigger. And there's, you know, there's pros and cons to that which is, mm-hmm. you know, that just matches the whole mentality of this article. I guess the the one other thing I would say is, like, if they continue to do things the way that they have been, which I assume they will, kind of what they're saying right here, is the weight that he does put on is going to be natural weight. It's not going to be, like, forced bulking. And I'm sure that the Spurs also are going to have their, you know, take and say on this as well. I'm sure that they're going to trust Wembenyama's camp a lot as well too but um just because you know there's so many connections and and they have you know so many they have admiration for especially European basketball um Mm -hmm. so you know we'll, we'll see what happens with that but we can move on here Ethan here Back to the fantastic. Oh, look at that. I didn't even realize that. Look at this. They changed his they gave him the sunglasses. I can't believe it. Oh, wait. Okay, now we got that the Alamo. I like how we got the Alamo and then and then we got the uh Paris. Oh, and, and, yeah, all that type, all that type of stuff. See, this is what I'm saying, Ethan. When when is the they, there ain't no way? This is like the most thought they put into a Spurs article. And, oh, for sure. <laughs> it's 2017. No doubt. No, probably more than 2017. Anyways, back to this. There's a prestigious international model to follow. The past five NBA awards have gone to international players. Philadelphia's Joel Embiid, Denver's Nikola Jokic, Milwaukee's Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic's Luka Doncic isn't yet one of them. 
Many of the uber elite players in the modern NBA aren't Americans as the league continues to become more popular and accessible internationally. Wembenyama as a teenager is the most impressive of the recent international prospects. Here's the realistic side. Even if Wembenyama doesn't one day win NBA MVP and achieve the same level of individual success as Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, he could join a long list of international big men who have arrived in the NBA and went on to have Hall of Fame-worthy careers, such as Pau Gasol, Yao Ming, and Dikembe Mutombo. The Spurs' approach to building a team around his strengths will ultimately play a major factor in how quickly Wembenyama could see success. Hmm. Any thoughts? I, did, I thought I thought you wanted to read the oh, both of no. them before. I, I, no, I did. We did. Oh, we you did? did? Yeah, the beginning was was this one. Did oh, I not? I maybe, swear. Maybe I'm confused. Yeah, maybe no, I'm confused. I swear I did. He's just basically they're just talking about uh, Joel Embiid, Jokic, oh. Giannis, last three MVPs. Uh, Luka Doncic is also one of the best players. Yes, he hasn't won it, but like there are more and more European like stars in the NBA. That's yeah. what it was saying. And then the realistic side is he may not be an MVP and stuff, but like there's still like other examples of, you know, potential See, that's comparisons. How, that's honestly a good like comment from me without even realizing I made a comment. Like I was, <laughs> I was hearing you read those names, Pau Gasol, Yao Ming, Dikembe. Uh-huh. And I was like, I would be, I would be happy if that's ended up like what his career <laughs> was. Like those are three very, very talented players. I mean, the hype has built this into, he needs to be, LeBron James he needs to be the greatest player ever like and it's just like I there's a reason he's the consensus number one overall but like we we really don't know anything like we're gonna have to see how this season plays out and I mean I don't know if you saw my video from earlier today but like he is going to have a busy summer so like I think that's going to have an impact on how they man. He's going to be playing a lot of basketball this summer, and that's going to have an impact on how they manage him in the season because he's basically going from the LNB to the draft to San Antonio, getting acclimated. Then it's summer league, and even if he doesn't play, he's going to be at the summer league. That the NBA announced that because he's going to be at the NBA Con in Las Vegas, so he's going to be there. And then, like at least you know, uh, two weeks or a week later, he's probably going to go to training camp for FIBA, the World Cup for with France, because every there's always a training camp for those. And then that ends in September. That ends on September 10th. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. that's like, you know, then he's got like a, a week before training camp and then the preseason starts in October. So like he he's not, you know, there's going to be no time for him to rest. And so um yeah that that's a little bit of a an off-topic tangent there ethan but no but you're right that's gonna have a big impact on you know how many games i think that that's he is going to play less games this season because of that that's probably the reality that we'll have to live with and i know the old heads won't necessarily like it i was talking to a friend of mine's or my dad's friend who's like 50 (laughs) something and um, he was saying something to that extent, how he's like, he needs to be playing 82 games immediately right off the bat. Like, there's no excuse. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, what can you like, do? And, and I understand it to a degree. Like, yes, he is getting paid. And yes, he is only 19 years old. But this is a very unique situation that we yes. have to really tread lightly on um, because of his build. And I, I didn't really talk about the international part of this portion of the article. Um but I think we oftentimes forget all these international players that when they're coming in, especially in the last like five years, they have a significant jump in statistics and impact immediately when they get to the NBA. Luca is a prime example. And they all talk about how the physicality way less 
scoring way easier. Like there's like yeah. so many things about the NBA that are easier. And I, I know the athletes being, are a different physical imposition, but the yes, rules, they allow you know, them to play a different that. style of game. Um, that makes it easier, I guess, to be a finesse scorer or to not be a physical presence. So hopefully that plays in our advantage. I know it's a little different because there's not necessarily a build like Wemby in the league right now, other than maybe, I mean, Chris Stapp's Porzingis. I know they're, they're different play styles, but I guess similar in their stature. Um, but even he kind of, when he came into the league initially, was like took the league by storm for a little bit. Remember how good he was on the Knicks yeah. his first couple of years before he mm-hmm. got injured? Um, so hopefully that's kind of the similar feel that Wemby gets when he first steps onto the court. Yep, yep. It'll be interesting to follow, Ethan. Here we go. He doesn't need the NCAA. He's already a pro. Mm. International basketball is more physically demanding than college. There is competition against players in their primes, ranging in age from the late 20s to early 30s. That makes it more akin to the NBA. However, games are more spread out on the calendar. That's a very Mm -hmm. good point. Um, And playing more than two games a week is rare. There's more practice time and no college obligations to worry about. Travel is easier because there's less distance to cover between cities. The realistic side of that. College basketball athleticism better prepares players for the rigors of the NBA. The heightened national media attention and experience of competing in pressure-packed environments such as conference tournaments in the NCAA have long been a proving ground for NCAA success. There could be a learning curve for how Wimbanyama handles playing under the spotlight starting as soon as his first preseason game in October. Oh, well, I'm not worried about the spotlight thing one bit because if you've watched his games over overseas, yeah. like it's, and and the G League ignite, yeah, oh yeah, and, and European basketball in general, European fans are way They're high, more bro. hyped than than uh, NBA and American fans. So I'm not worried about that one bit. As far as the NCAA being like maybe a better building ground for NBA talent. I think historically is kind of what he's referencing here because as of years past, we've seen with LaMelo ball, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not to, no, you're uh, fine. I was going to say, I mean, there's so many players like leaving college to, to go play for the ignite or for the NBL, um, you know, I, I know I know a lot of our fans might be Texas fans because they're Spurs fans. So I'm not trying to just bring that up to <laughs> to take L's on you here. But like Ron Holland, who is number one recruit, you know, or close to the number one recruit in his class, um, number one recruit in Texas, decommitted, went to go play at G League Ignite. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then another five-star, I forget his first name. It starts with an M and his last name is Williams. Um, And he went to the NBL, you know, and then on top of that, we've seen, I've talked at nauseum about overtime elite on this show. I mean, we could go on and on with all this stuff, but the point is, is that there's more and more leagues um, coming out that basically like the top tier athletes aren't going to college as much, but I understand what he's saying here. Because historically, yeah. you know, like a pa- think about it, like Palo versus, I don't, I forget who they're playing. Well, what Palo did? Did Gonzaga play Duke? I don't know if they. I don't remember I, if they did, but that probably. was probably the two guys. <laughs> right. So, like, you're you. Uh, here's a better example. Um, actually, no, I can't think of. Well, like the Zion R.J. Barrett team. 
um, yeah, well, Cam he, Reddish. Anyways. My argument against that was he played Scoot twice, and yeah. Scoot is the second or third best player in this draft, depending on who you ask. So, like, he had that level of competition and that rivalry on a big stage. And the whole NCAA versus going overseas, it's a completely evolving landscape stuff. We've it's never a kind of a crapshoot, honestly. Yeah, and we got the G League Ignite now, and we got the Overtime Elite. And, like, there's so many different venues guys can go. And I could argue the NCAA would have been worse. I mean, Ben Simmons probably was – it was detrimental for him to go to LSU probably. He probably would have done better had he just stayed international. He probably would have mm-hmm. been – he wouldn't have developed the traits no, that seriously. he did as far as being because um, he was pro- he had to be in the NBL because he was from yeah. Australia. So it's like now it's like people aren't even yeah exactly. So I mean it, it depends on who you ask. I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a little bit in the weeds there for me, but I think I just kind of like talking no, you, about no, that stuff good. just because it's it's so interesting now like that we can get prospects like especially if there's more like G League stuff. Like, it's just like college basketball was one and done anyway. And as much yeah. as I love college basketball, it's like in, in specifically to basketball. It's just like I, I'd almost I'd rather see these top prospects on Ignite because they're just playing against more more pros. And as much as there is still talent in college. But enough of that. Here we go. His game is a mystery. Everyone will be trying to solve. He's more than a unicorn. The NBA has never seen a player with Wembenyama's skill set before, which led to Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James to dub him more like an alien. He has a shooting touch that's been compared to Kevin Durant's, ball handling that was inspired by watching tapes of Hall of Fame guard Pete Maravich, Ethan. The potential, the potential to become one of the most defensive players the moment he steps on the court. All right, let's look at the realistic side. That that made me excited. I'm missing I'm missing the College World Series right now for you people. The beret is funny. <laughs> oh, that's goaded. Speaking of the French connection, but he used mm. to go to the French Quarter and own it. Anyway, hey um, because we're gonna beat the Pelicans. His game is a mystery. Uh, love you, Pelicans fans. I got I got lots of love for New Orleans. His game is a uh, mystery. Everyone will be trying to solve because of his frame. He tends to lose his balance at times. And he will be at a strength disadvantage to almost everyone he plays against despise his height. I, it, that's fair, actually. And, 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 and it's funny, too, because when I first read this, I disagreed with it. Like, I had that same, like, internal reaction. Getting to his sweet spots will be harder in the NBA than anything he's seen before in Europe. That I don't... I, I understand what he means when it comes to the physical athlete, but I think that the rules will help that a little bit. But also, this is the realistic side. And while he shot the ball brilliantly from outside during his two games last year from the G League Ignite, right now that is an outlier as he shot less than 30% from three for Metropolitan Design 2-2. Um, that is a fact, but sometimes I tell, and, and I know as a Spurs fan, this is going to sound like I'm drinking Kool-Aid, but as we've said on this show many times, there, there's times to, the stats are valuable, but they're also not the end-all be-all. And when I watch his tape, man, it, like, and I'm talking in the French League, excluding the two games in the G League, like, even if the percentage right it isn't there, mm-hmm. the, sh- the 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 stroke and everything else is. And I've watched other games where he's hasn't he's missed all the threes he's taken and still had good games. So mm-hmm. it's like he the all the ingredients are are still there for him to become a really good jump shooter. And I think that in the NBA game that is going to help. But also, this is a fact. That this is the reality of it. So I'm not dismissing this that and and maybe it could end up being a concern. But I I uh, those were kind of my thoughts that I just said on on it there. 
Yeah, this, it's speaking to the shooting thing, like you said, I mean, his stroke is smooth. There's not a hitch in it. It doesn't look forced, and it doesn't have a second. His left hand doesn't stay on the ball too long like Jeremy. Um, and I think they compared him to Kevin Durant with the shooting stroke. If you think back on KD and his rookie year with the Sonics and at UT, like, yes, he could hit the mid-range jumper, but it took a second for his three-point ball to become what it is today. Like, he wasn't always easy money sniper. Like, Kobe Bryant talked about how he used to shoot the ball across his face, kind of from left to right, and that made his shot a little more inconsistent, and he was able to fine-tune that mm-hmm. to be the most threatening score in the NBA. Um, so I'm not worried about his percentage. The Spurs will tweak whatever they need to tweak. They will make him more consistent. He'll, he'll get more reps in the gym. Um, as far as him not getting to his sweet spots, I don't know if I agree with that either. Uh, he might have a really tough time getting in the low block. I could see yeah. that for sure at least initially. But, I mean, if he catches it from 15 feet in, I don't care who you are, you're not going to be able to block his shot. Like, the best you can do is yeah. really get into his body and like and force him to take an uncomfortable shot. But, I mean, he, he can, can still shoot over you. He can shoot point. over you, exactly. So he'll find ways to score. And in the pick and roll as well, you you can't stop any any big in the pick and roll if they can shoot and drive. I don't care who they are. Like Chris Depp's Porzingis is still deadly in the pick and roll because he's a pop threat and a roll threat. Like he will find ways to get baskets and pop will and off the dribble. The That's the other oh, thing yeah. I think too. Like Absolutely. as much as there will probably be some times, not even probably, there will definitely be some times where he gets pickpocketed this sure. upcoming season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's another way. Like, we're, I mean, if he's, if he could get a matchup with like Biombo or something, like oh, who, who could very well be playing for the Suns, considering they have no cap space whatsoever yeah. after trading for Bradley Beal, like that's, that's going to be an opportunity where, you know, he's going to be able, he can, he can go cook him, like handling the ball. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, depending on the matchup, you know, th- that also, like, he, he can just take him off the dribble as well, on top of everything you said, also. He's still a freak athlete put him in the dunker spot and just mm-hmm. let our other four guys you know run whatever they want he's gonna catch lobs like he's so big he's gonna catch lobs it's bound right. to happen right all righty moving on right here he's motivated to be a star right away mm. he decided he was going to the end to be an nba player around age 11 or 12 and centered his life decisions or, or centered the big decisions in his life around the goal ever since he studied clips of Dirk Nowitzki and Kevin Durant in hopes of honing his game toward an NBA style. As the face of the LNB Pro A League in France, he won league MVP and led his team to an unex- unexpected trip to the finals, much to surprise of experts. The Spurs will be getting a rookie in Wembenyama who told ESPN on lottery night he is trying to win a ring ASAP, so get ready. The other thing, and we might mention this later in the article, so I might be doing a spoiler here, but... Led the league in points, led the league in rebounds, led the league in blocks, um, and I believe broke some records in some of those categories as well. I don't remember the specifics, so I'm not going to say them, but I know he led the league in points, rebounds, and blocks. Realistic side. It's rare for even the most NBA-ready players to truly lift their teams in the first two seasons. Two of the most NBA-ready teenagers to ever join the league, LeBron James and Luka Doncic, missed the playoffs in the first two seasons with Cleveland and Dallas, respectively. Wembenyama is still physically immature, and even though he might produce excitement, he probably has some time for becoming the type of player he envisions. And that's yeah, I think that that's extremely accurate. <laughs> that's what I've said. Right, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that puts a hole in our fantasy. Like we right. we knew that coming in. Exactly. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I think that was more of a, that was like one of those that's, you know, that was targeted at the, um, the internet sensationalists. That's, Mm. that's a good way to describe it there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. They're (laughs) out there. Here we go. Spurs history is bound to be repeated. The two previous time, the San Antonio, this is actually crazy. I don't think this is going to happen though, but this is pretty crazy. I didn't know this. The two previous times, the Spurs, I I knew that Duncan had a good season. I didn't know that that Robinson did. Anyways, the two previous time, the San Antonio Spurs won the lottery. They selected first ballot Hall of Fame big men who led them to multiple NBA titles. David Robinson in 1987 and Tim Duncan in 97. In their rookie seasons, both Robinson and Duncan won rookie of the year and their respective teams won 56 games. Isn't that crazy? they won the same amount of games like that's you see what I, like that's what i was saying i didn't know like i didn't realize yeah it was, like that similar can Wembenyama make it a third and accomplish what his predecessors were able to do no and here's you already we've been saying this we don't think the spurs are going to be contending this year yeah there's a but this is he kind of goes a different uh way in it there's risk in taking a player of Wembenyama's size. Many NBA prospects before him in that size range suffered serious and sometimes career-ending injuries, often to their feet. Even though he's not relatively heavy, it's still a concern. It's a no-brainer for the Spurs to draft Wembenyama, as his talent is undeniable, but basketball history tells us there's no such thing as a guarantee when it comes to players living up to their potential. This is kind of the same reaction we had last time, right, Ethan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and to put the historical perspective into this, Tim Duncan and David Robinson both played four years at the Naval Academy and at Wake Forest, yep. respectively. And David Robinson had was it two years of naval, yep. Yep. Um, like where he had to actually be in the Navy, and like so they were grown men. And the only reason the Spurs were bad before the Duncan one was because David got hurt. Yeah, completely different situations. Wemby is nineteen, one year of like real, real professional basketball. Um, and he's obviously not matured as much as either of them physically. They yeah. were, they were, he's three years younger than both of them were. Well, yeah. David, even more. I wonder how th- Timmy was pretty skinny at 19. I think. Oh yeah. He was much more, he was, well, yeah, that's true. But he was even at 22. He's I mean, he's, he looked, he looks noticeably different than he looks later in his career. Yeah. Oh, five. Timmy was a thick boy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, one thing I did think about Ethan when I was reading this though, as, and this is very true often to their feet, the injuries have there, mm-hmm. you know, I was just thinking about Zach Collins though, because we've seen his resurgence and yep. not saying it's going to be the exact same. It's still going to be a, a different animal with Wemby and almost everything just because of his uniqueness as a player. Um, but you know, they, they have some, some, not only with managing Timmy's knee throughout his history, as we've mentioned before, but with Zach Collins coming off those type of injuries, mm-hmm. you know, real bad too. Like they've been able to get him back to where he feels like he's a hundred percent. And as we've mentioned before on this show to where pop believes, you know, before the, the lottery, he said this, that he's the five of the future. Um, yeah. So, so that's some, you know, just for any Spurs fans wondering about that, you know, like I said, every player's different, but there is there is some, you know, evidence out there that the Spurs have handled those injuries well with somebody who, you know, really when we signed Zach Collins, it was kind of, I mean, it was a $7 million team option for every single year. You know, it was kind of a, not a risky contract, but it was a low risk contract because mm-hmm. of those injuries. So, you know, that also a, a little bit of the credit there, not even a little bit, probably a lot of the credit needs to go to Zach and, and you know, what he did in his rehab, but Still, that's kind of just some. The, the Spurs have some, some uh, there. yeah, some some precedents for 
helping out big men getting back from those type of injuries. He is a big star in a small market. This is the fantastic. He is no Tim Duncan who didn't want to be the center of attention. He likes and is comfortable with being in the spotlight. If y'all want the example A of that, go watch the video I did earlier today talking about him arriving in the USA and getting mobbed by fans and signing autographs. Wembenyama is interested in announcing himself to American fans who, on draft night, might not yet be familiar with him, and he is interested in being accessible. He could end up quickly becoming one of the faces of the league thanks to his viral highlights and instantaneous marketability, regardless of the size of his home market, and will continue to have a strong fan base in uh, in France. Now, I can't wait for them to just crap on the Spurs here, Ethan. Being in San Antonio absolutely hurts his marketability and exposure on a national level. This is why we named our channel what we did. This is why they come to us. Young players have broken through from small markets repeatedly over the past decades, such as Memphis Grizzlies guard John Morant, but it took multiple seasons to develop enough success to become one of the top teams in the league. Okay, that's going to happen anyway with the Spurs. Even though Wembenyama will have more opportunities to play on national television than most rookies, let's go. That's a big win for San Antonio. The Spurs will need to transform into playoff contenders to sustain the interest during his following his rookie season. Literally any first-round pick, he's doing the realistic side. Thank you, Wendy, for writing this article. This has been a great video. Let me let me give him a little bit of credit here. But sure. like the it, you know this last sentence, the Spurs will need to transform into a playoff contender to sustain the interest following his rookie season. I mean, that's the same thing with like Paolo Bancaro on the match. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like every every player is yeah. going to need to trade. Every number one pick is going to have to transform their team into playoff contenders to sustain interest. Last time I checked, D'Angelo Russell was the second overall pick to the Lakers, and he was abysmal. And he didn't have anything to show for it. And he was in a, the biggest market. And then, oh boy, RJ. But he was still kind of like regarded as like popular. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, even and, when he was a rookie, when he was like, I would still remember that. And it was like, cause he's, and granted, that's the Lakers. But, anyways, I don't hear about RJ Barrett unless he has a terrible game and he's in New York. That's a very good point. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter. Like, I love Brian Windhorse, but that. Market size just does not have an effect. You disagree with this sentence, don't you, Ethan? The one I have highlighted right now. I, absolutely. I mean, they have a whole article devoted to him, despite <laughs> the fact that he's going to be a San Antonio Spur. Like, everyone in there. They don't mom, understand how hyped the city's going to be, too. No, they don't get it. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The only reason they say that is because the, the San Antonio Spurs as an organization have been so stable that we just haven't been newsworthy. Like we don't have and Timmy wasn't as marketable either, right? That's true, but that was that that was on Timmy. That wasn't on San Antonio. That's what I'm saying. And and, and Wemby is completely different than that. (laughs) Exactly, he will break through this invisible barrier, this invisible bubble that hovers around the city of San Antonio, like to to cover it from the rest of the national media. You know, I'm we're crapping on him here, but then on the fantastic side, he literally said what we're saying. So I, I guess. You know, good on you, Wendy. Well, thank you again. All right, now here is the last one, Ethan. He's the greatest prospect we've ever seen. I like this one. He's seven five, triples like a card, and shoots one legged threes. Yeah. That's that's all he put for realist or for fantastic. You're not wrong. And then realistic, there's only been one LeBron James. Yeah, he's not wrong. This is just the the boomer bust thing that surrounds every prospect that is so extremely unique that we haven't seen before like it's mm-hmm. either gonna be really fantastic like lebron james kevin durant kareem abdul jabbar or it's gonna really hurt um like greg odin um, 
I know. I hate to throw him under the bus. But I love Greg Oden, but you know oh, what God. I'm saying. Like where yeah. it ends terribly um, mm-hmm. for him and the organization. So let's stay grounded. Let's stay grounded. Good little exercise there, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us. That actually went way longer than I thought. Yeah, that it was would. a long I, one. I guess it makes sense. But this is this is a podcast now. At first, I was only I was thinking we might only post this on YouTube, but we're 35 minutes into this thing. So thanks for hanging out with us. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button below. We're almost to 1.4k. We appreciate all the support lately. And follow us on Twitter at SSPN Almighty, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. Also, be sure to come hang out with us this Thursday for our draft reaction live stream. Anyways, y'all, we'll catch y'all in the next one. See y'all later.